Hey, this is Andrew DiMazio, lead pastor of Rose Church here in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to our podcast. Our mission here at Rose is building big people, becoming like Jesus in community while growing in our faith. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I pray today's message challenges you and encourages you on your walk with Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy today's podcast. Today, we're going to jump into um, the Word, and, and it's not really a sermon, um, if you will. Today is our six-year anniversary, and um, there are so many things I could say and do today. And if you've been maybe a part of churches before this one, or maybe seen, like usually what tends to happen on days like today, is pastors get up and talk about where we're going in the future, and we're starting this campus, and we're buying this, and we're doing this, and it's usually a a kind of big vision day, if you will, about what we're doing and where we're going and all the all that kind of stuff. And today, I don't I don't want to do that. Um, I, want, I want to say some things very specifically. Like I said, today is not really a sermon. I just want to share. I literally don't even have notes. I have the verse I want to read and like three sentences of just what's in my heart. So then I'll say that we're going to go back into a time of extended worship. Um, I was praying on Monday about today and um, a lot, a lot of emotion. Um, a lot of different things in my mind about this anniversary, which for me is so different than all the other ones. Um, and, and I was praying and just, I, I really felt, and made this sound super spiritual to you. It's really not. God doesn't want to just talk to me. He wants to talk to you as well. Um, so I know this sounds very spiritual, but you know, I, was, I was praying and talking to the Lord. And all, I was like, Lord, I just want to, I don't want to talk about it. And I have this idea. You can say this. We don't do this. And I just felt as clear as day, if you will, in my heart. Um, uh, don't. I was like, oh, I love Rose. I was talking about how much I love Rose and, and, and the church and all that kind of stuff. And I just felt so, this really weird sentence, and I'll explain it here in a moment. It was like, don't trade it for anything. He's like, don't sell it. I was like, sell what? The building? Like, sell, like what? Like, can you give me a little bit more than one sentence? He's like, don't sell it. And I was like, okay, you, you need to give me more than that. He's like, don't sell, don't trade it for a bowl of soup. And I was like, I hate soup. I want to trade anything for a bowl of soup. I would rather fast than have soup. I'd rather not eat than eat warm water. So I'm just not really interested. And, and then the, the minute he said that sentence, the Holy Spirit brought my mind to a very unique story in Genesis chapter 25. That I want to read for you. I just want you to hear one sentence that we're going to talk about today. Context, if you don't know the book of Genesis, there's a guy named Abraham. Abraham is the father of our faith, right? Uh, Genesis 11 and to Genesis uh, 28, somewhere in there. It's about Abraham. He starts our faith, right? Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has twins named Jacob and Esau. This is the story about the twins named Jacob and Esau. It says this, as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay home. So we have uh, a, a guy that enjoys shopping at Cabela's and somebody who enjoys Nordstrom. We have a daddy's boy and we have a mama's boy. And it says that Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebecca, the mom, loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau, when did you catch this? Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Such a like guy thing. I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau also got his nickname, Edom, which means red, because he really enjoyed red stew, apparently. All right, Jacob said. All right, 
but trade me your rights as a firstborn. Look, I'm dying of starvation. I'm dying right now, said Esau. What good, hear this one sentence, what good is my birthright to me right now? What good is it to me right now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your right, that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all of his rights as firstborn to his brother Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. And Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. And he showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. This is a very unique story and give you a bit of context in ancient world and this still happens in present day, especially in a lot of Asian cultures and African cultures and different cultures outside of the Western world we all live in. Firstborn thing is still very real. And maybe you lived in that, but the whole firstborn who gets all the favor, all the money, all the land, like you are the firstborn. And the firstborn kind of has authority over the other siblings. And if like the mom or dad are gone, it's the firstborn rights. Like there is an absolute culture of this thing called the firstborn. More than even right now, and even some cultures maybe in this room that experienced the, the firstborn uh, uh, home you're raised in, first century uh, uh, Jewish world and, and Israel, like you, to you, for you to be the firstborn, you receive everything. All the money, all the land, it's your future. It's what you were living for. And if you were the firstborn, life was handed to you, like it was yours. And every other sibling would be vying for and trying to take, what? Because I want to be the firstborn. Esau is hunting, he's out in the field hunting, comes back starving, and he says, I'm gonna die if I don't eat right now. And Jacob says, his brother says, all right, cool, I'll give you some soup, I'll give you some food, because you're gonna die, I'll give you some food. But I want your first, I want the rice of the firstborn. I want everything that's supposed to come to you, I want it. And the Bible then says that Esau traded, hear me, traded something tomorrow for something right now. Because firstborn wasn't gonna happen that day. The firstborn rights would happen when his father died. So he traded his tomorrow for his today. Because what does he say? What good is my inheritance to me right now? Right now I'm starving. So I want the soup. That's what I wanna talk about today, it's real simple. It's very, very different if you're new today. This is very, very different than, than most Sundays, and I just want to share from my heart. Today, I don't want to talk about where we're going, what the next plan is, from a building to a campus or services. Like usually, like I said, today is one of the days that we just launch into the future. I don't want to do that today. Today, from my heart, I want to spend the next few moments, and we'll go back and worship, just to say thank you. Just, just thank you. Um, and the, I just felt this really, really deep in my heart as I was studying I'm just thinking about Genesis 25, is what you take for granted tends to get taken. What you take for granted tends to get taken. And today I wanna to talk about, it's all the merch, it's all gone, but um, <laughs> if you would've saw it, um, all the merch has on the back today, the, the phrase and theme of today is, there's no place like Rose. And I, and I believe that, and I mean that. I have the honor and, and privilege to coach a lot of other pastors, a lot of other church planners, a lot of coaches that or, uh, churches that we get to coach and talk to and pray with and, and counsel. And I have uh, uh, the, the privilege to help a lot of other churches outside of this one. And every time I hang up the phone, every time I hang up the phone and go, just thank God for Rose. 
when I hear about what other churches are going through and what, they, what they're battling and what they're going through. And I'm just like, every time I have the phone, I'm like, thank God for Rose. So today, I want to spend the next few moments just saying thank you. Thank you to you guys. Because I don't want to ever treat this as common. This is not common. This is not normal. What happens at our church every single Sunday is not typical. And I refuse to treat uncommon things as common. Because this is not what God is doing, what God is doing in our church, what God has done with so many people. This is not common. And usually, typically, what you take for granted tends to get taken. And like, if you're new today, don't walk in and look at the size of this room and all the other services today. Like, we started with 21, 22 people in a living room with me and a bunch of friends. All right, let's just try to do something with 22 of us. Our first Sunday service had 44 adults. And I counted all the pregnant people too. <laughs> I counted every human being. If a guy walked by the street, I was like 43, 44. He might come in, let's count him. Like, it, like we had 44 adults at the very first Sunday. So you can walk in today and look at the building or the people or the overflow rooms or the four services today. Like, let us not forget where we started, where we've come from, how we got here, because I refuse, I am fighting in my heart to take this for granted, to count it as common, to count it as normal. And it's not, like, even like, like, like through COVID, like I, like, I sat in this room empty with everyone mad at me. Half the room was like, you bowed your knee to Nebuchadnezzar. How dare you close the building? We should be worshiping the Lord today. And then we reopened. The other half was like, you don't care about my health. And everyone was mad at me. I couldn't say anything or do anything right. Everybody had an email. Everybody had a phone call. And like sitting in this room empty for 12 months, thinking like, I don't know if we'll ever grow again. Everyone moving, everyone moved to Arizona. <laughs> I hate Arizona. Ever moved to Florida? Everyone moved away, all of our college students moved. Like, like you can see this, but if you revert, like, if you come back to early, late 2020, it was not this. And I sat in this room with stupid cameras by myself. I was like, is anyone gonna come back? God, what are you gonna do? Are we gonna last? Are we gonna survive? Are we gonna make it past this moment? Why, because sometimes this is what tends to happen, is, is a lack of thankfulness can turn honey into gravel. A lack of thankfulness can take something that you were thankful for, that you did love, that you did appreciate. And when a lack of thankfulness begins to seep in, it can turn to gravel. And so today, I simply just want to, to say thank you to four groups of people, to be specific. Number one, I wanna, I wanna um, just thank at, at large the, the church family, just you guys as a whole. You guys have been the easiest church to lead. And it is my honor every single Sunday to get on this stage and lead these rooms. I don't deserve the people that go to this church. I don't deserve the quality. Of, who, who cares about the quantity? The quality of humans that go to this church overwhelm me every Sunday. Um, I might get up here and swing away, but like when I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I can't do this. Like, well, is this, am I, what, what am I gonna say? Like, is this good? Lord, do you approve? Like, 
Like, it, it is overwhelming at the, the, qual- the quality and who's in this room. Like, you guys have been the easiest church to leave. And there's been some sermons over the last six years that I've swung away. And I'm like, all right, that's it. Church strong, see you next weekend. Like, I've, I've spoke some difficult sermons, and every single time I met with, thank you, pastor. Thank you for today. I have botched sermons that keep me up at night, how embarrassing I am when I leave this stage. I'm like, you should quit today. Like horrible sermons. And every time they're like, today changed my life. I can't thank you. Like, like it has been the, the honor of my life to, to lead you. You've been the greatest and easiest people to lead. And I'm very aware that there are people in this room and will be at all four services today that have changed their life trajectory to build this church. Like most of our staff is not from here, from Nashville and Albuquerque and New York and Jersey and Boston and like fill in the blank. Like they can all go home to their families and they choose to stay here. I know there's people in this room that received other job options and you're like, I'm, I'm staying here. There's some people that have broke up with significant others to stay here. And I'm like, you, you should have stayed with that one. You know, like, you, <laughs> you were single for a while, you know, like, I don't know. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm very aware that there are people in this room that have made life-altering decisions to build Rose. And I don't take that lightly. I know those people in the room with your kids, like we could go home and have free childcare. We could move back to Texas and have my parents help, but like I'm here. And I've committed my life or the season at least to, I don't take that lightly at all. So like just first and foremost, I wanna thank just you. I don't just lead this church, I attend this church. All my friends in this church, I raise my kids in this church. Like this is not like some TED talk thing I do every Sunday. Like, Everyone's like, oh, Pastor, you changed my life. Like, I've changed no one's life. You have changed my life. Like, it has been the best six years of my entire life. So number one, I want to thank the church. Number two, I want to thank the serving family. There are hundreds of you, I think 462 to be exact, of people that serve everywhere. Like, you know that, like, today, people got up at 4.30 to, like, do their hair and makeup or brew their coffee or drive from wherever to get here at 6 a.m. for free to make sure that you have coffee and donuts and to make sure the golf carts are charged and to make sure the kids' rooms are set up and able to rage with your kids back there. The band practices all week long for free. And so for every single one of you that serve, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for like stuff that you do that only God himself sees. That even me or Julia or Zach or Cassie or Justin and your staff member, like we probably don't even see it. Like your commitment to serve week in and week out, God's house is incredibly humbling. So you see people by the droves. Like there's people that drive from Seaside every Sunday to serve. Deep, boring, battleground, like from all over. They're like, no, I'm committed to serving and I'll get up whenever. So I just wanna thank every single one of you on the serving family, thank you. It does not go unnoticed, whether you're on the brewing coffee, golf carts, on this band, with the kids rocking babies to sleep, whatever it is, you greatly matter.
And Rose is not built by a few gifted people. It is built by hundreds of sacrificial people that make it happen every single Sunday. I, it, it is not lost on me. I do not take it for granted. All the serving family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Third, I want to thank the giving family. People that commit their resource every month. Give it their time and energy to build. There's people in this room, there's single moms that stretch budget to make sure they give. Single dads that set money aside to make sure they give. Businessmen and women that give above and beyond to make sure that Rose is taken care of. There, there are people in this room that sacrifice probably more than I would be comfortable knowing because like I'm committed. I'm committed to what's going on. So that every one of you, I don't care if you give $10,000 a month or $10 a month, if you give every single month, thank you for trusting me and Julia, the staff, the team, for trusting the Lord. Because this is the thing, there is no serving family if there's no giving family. We know that, right? Like if there is no building, there is no Sundays, like there's no place to serve if the giving family doesn't do their giving. So to every one of you, thank you for giving. Thank you for trusting. Monthly, week in and week out, trusting of your resource, trusting of your finances. I know people that sell clothes on the side so they can give above and beyond. Business dudes that do side jobs to make sure they can give above and beyond. Like it is overwhelming to, to, to hear and to see the level of commitment of people being like, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. And it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to give. Week in and week out. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that gives week in and week out. I refuse to take that for granted. Last, which is not a family, but today and for me, we're to thank the Lord. Today, I refuse to make today look at what we've done. One time I was on the phone with a pastor and talking through their church mess and I'm helping and, you know, giving a lot of good feedback in my opinion. You know, I'm crushing the phone call. And, <laughs> and, and I'm, he's like, I want you guys growing. Like, here's a list of 30 things you should think about. I give him a whole list of how, we, how I think we've grown. I hang up the phone. And the Holy Spirit's like, you did what? It's like, tell me one more time what you did. And I refuse. I refuse to make today into a day that we sit in this room and go, look at what we've done. Look at what our hands have done. Look at what our time has done. Today, more than any other year for me, it's a day to stand in this room and in a moment lift our hands and voice and say, thank the Lord. Look at what he's done. The last six years have been difficult. COVID was a nightmare. Our city, our city was on fire, literally on fire for 100 days. Everyone hated me. Everyone was mad at me. Everyone's gone. This building was empty. Re getting back in this room and building and building and building was so much work. And I've talked about it. I won't talk about it today. This last year has been incredibly difficult for me and for the church. But in every step, we have felt his grace. To use a really old church word, we have felt encamped around. In every moment, his grace, his mercy, his love, his wisdom, protection. Like today, and, and I hope you're just catching my heart, like, for us as a staff, and specifically me and Julia, like today is a overwhelming day, just like I just wanna say thank you. To the church family, to the serving family, to the giving family, and above all, to the Lord.
That's what we're going to do today. Um, this quote by C.S. Lewis is so good. He says, isn't it weird by day by day nothing changes, but when you look back everything's different? Day by day is like whatever, but when you look back, everything's different. Everything's changed. Because why? We have this propensity as Americans to look at tomorrow with regret and look at, sorry, look at tomorrow with fear and look at yesterday with regret and we forget today. And I don't want to look back years from now and be like, I wish I would have been more present. I wish I would have been more thankful. Like, do you remember? Like, no, we, like, like if, if you don't watch The Office, this is not a safe place for you. If you did watch The Office, do you remember the scene with Andy? I think it's like season eight. And he's sitting there in the camera just by himself and he's like crying. And the whole episode is all the memories when Pam and Jim meet and Dwight. And like it's, all the, it's like a big memory episode. At the end of the scene, uh, uh, Andy goes, I wish somebody told me we were in the good old days. It's like, preach, Andy. Like, I, I think for many of us, we need to like realize like we're in the good old days. Like right now we're in it. Like people are getting married, having kids, raising families, starting businesses, making best friends. Like we're in it and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to just slide by thinking this is normal because it's not. And I don't want to trade tomorrow for a cup of soup. For, trade it for what? Because what you tend to take for granted tends to get taken. And I don't want to take this for granted. So today what we're going to do is we're going to go back into, into worship. And we're going to have an extended time of worship today. Um, Josh, you can join me. The band can come in a little bit. Um, for what? To say thank you. That's it. And I want to challenge you, not just like for us corporately, like we can say thank you for all of us corporately. I want you to look at your life. Look how far you've come in a year. Look at what all God has done the last two. Look at where you would have been three years ago. Like today is not just like, oh, it's like, let's be thankful for Rose, which is cool. But like you individually, how much do we have to be thankful for of what God has done? Why? Because thankfulness guards my heart and it fixes my eyes. Thankfulness begins to guard my heart and it sets my eyes, it fixes my eyes, it gets my eyes to where they need to go. I love what Timothy Keller says. He says, it's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do and say. So today we're not just filled with gratitude, which is we, we just be feeling that way. Today we're to be filled with thanksgiving, which is not just how we feel, it's what we do and what we say. So like I said, I know today's very different, but that's what's in my heart. That's what I wanted to say, because I think, like I said at the beginning, most pastors can get up here and say, this is where we're going, and this is what we're doing, and let's charge that hill, and let's tackle this, and let's go here, and let's raise money for this, and let's start this new endeavor, and all those things are great, and vision's very, very important. I'm not belittling that by any means. But today, with an over, overwhelming abundance from my heart, I just want to say from my heart, for me and Julia, to you guys, thank you for who you are.
Thank you for what you do. Thank you for how you lead, how you act, how you serve, how you give, how you love. Like you guys are the greatest people in the world. And, and I refuse to take it for granted. But more than that, more than all of that, we're here to thank the Lord. We're here to praise his name. Because we could be in a very, very different spot if God's hand was not on it. You would be in a very different spot if God's hand wasn't on it. Your marriage would be in a very different spot if God's hand wasn't on it. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8, and the band can, can join. This is Moses. It's the last one of the last things he says before they cross the Jordan, right? Book of Exodus was the wilderness, spent 40 years. Like, they're there, right? Like, they're sitting on the precipice. Like, it's right there. The river's right there. They're about to cross into the promised land. Something they've been waiting 400 years for, mind you. Captivity, Babylon, Egypt, the wilderness. Like this is 400 years coming and they're looking at it. It's right there. And Moses says this on behalf of the Lord. I want you to hear these words. They're celebrating, they're getting ready to cross. He said, but this is the time to be careful. Wait a minute. I thought this would be the time to be celebrating. We're about to cross. We did it. We made it. We survived. He's like, no, no, this is the time to be careful. Why? Did you hear these? <clears throat> Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord. Your God and disobey his commandments, regulations, decrees that I'm giving you today. Look at this. For when you become full, prosperous, built your fine homes, when your flocks and herds have become very large, your silver and gold have multiplied, with everything else, careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Look at where he ends. Don't forget, don't forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness and a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test your didn't test you for your own good. Look at this. He says this. He did all this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. He goes, oh, we're about to cross. It's been 400 years in the coming. Be careful. Be careful. Why? So that you don't receive the land of plenty and the homes and the gold and the silver and the herds and say to yourself, Look what I've done. Look at my energy. Look at my strength. Look at what we know. Today, I refuse to make today into a look what we've done. You know what today is? Look what the Lord has done. Look at what he's been a part of. Look at his hand. Look at his grace. Look at his mercy. Today, we're going to fix our eyes. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to lift our voice. And we're going to thank the Lord. That's all. I want you to hear it from me. I've said it 20 times. I want you to hear it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now we're going to thank the Lord. If our ministry has been a blessing to you at all, whether through the podcast, online, or through socials, would you consider partnering with us financially to help us continue blessing people and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus? If you'd like to do so, you can go online to rosechurch.org give. 
Thank you so much for partnering with us and helping us continue to do what God has put in our hearts here at Portland. 